Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It feels like a landmark day in the concussion developments around the AFL, the retirement of Angus Brayshaw and all that's tied into that. It is emotive. That much is clearly coming through already. We'll let the dust settle for a little while and delve further in the details. But as Sam Edmund has told us, uh, retired by the medical board, uh, having seen the neurological changes after presenting back to the club into the pre-season. So on the on almost the eve of the season, Angus Brayshaw's career ends at 167 games. His midday madness is coming. Uh, there's there's a lot of thoughts pouring through and in the immediate aftermath. So you'll track that throughout the day here on SEN. We play a bit of Know Your History on a Thursday, and on two fronts, I think, today, is we're in the midst of pre-season footy, which used to be the night series, and all its different iterations. Is Phil Davis sat in the studio a bit earlier on and said he'd played 30 pre-season matches across the journey, and he would trade them all if he could add them to his real games list. So we've been through a few different iterations, and we're in the age of match simulation right now. And Australia only rarely plays test cricket in New Zealand. This day next week, that will be happening. So Shannon Gill is our guide in such matters. Shannon, welcome back to the studio. Morning, Jared. Yeah, there's a couple of things to go through. But there's some great stuff here. around. So the old night comp is I grew up in Mulgrave. Yeah. Uh, very close to VFL Park. And it holds a special place in my childhood. Not the least of which that the Herald Shield match used to be played as a yes. precursor. And that was replayed early on Saturday yes, mornings. Saturday and that was one of my staples. Yeah, yeah that's, that's actually one of my first memories of seeing football on TV is seeing, seeing the Herald Shield in the morning. Yeah. All right. What's the history of the night comp, which then morphs into the pre-season comp, which then evolves to where we are now. Yeah. So the, the, the pre-season comp was not always the pre-season comp. It started. So it, 1956, it starts... And it runs till 1971. And it's actually the postseason comp. So it is the teams that don't make the finals play in a, in a, a knockout series at the Lake Oval in right. South Melbourne under lights as a bit of a repper charge. And there is a, I suppose, a, you know, a category B winner <laughs> for the season. So that, that happened 50s, 60s and 70s. But it, it gets resurrected in the late 70s um, off the back of... Uh, the National Football Council, which was sort of this national body that once upon a time existed, created a a uh, a competition for teams from around the the around Australia. So you had waffle teams, Sandville teams, and VFL teams. The VFL thought that's a pretty good idea. We might steal that. So from '77 onwards, they run the the old night series, which includes VFL teams, and at various ta- times include waffle teams that that they deemed were good enough to come and play, yeah. um, Sandville teams, et cetera, and, and state teams, Tasmania played and, and so forth. But, and that, that was when it was known as the night series. The thing was, is that the grand final of that would be played in the mid season, but they always started as a preseason. So the, the opening games would always be the first games of a year. And then it moves through there. And there's, there's quite some, 
unusual happenings that would happen on a Tuesday night at, at, at VFL Park that you you could the lights might have kept you awake at night as a kid. <laughs> There's yet. some great know. stuff in the history there. But what are the what's it been called through the years? Yeah, so this is this is an interesting one. So um so, sign of the times. Yep. The uh, beer and cigarettes tend to play a role yes. <laughs> play yep. a role here. So it was it was the it was the escort cup. That, that's the one I go to. Yeah, the escort cup. it was the Sterling Cup. Yes. Then it became the Foster's Cup. Then uh, then it became for a while it was the Panasonic Cup, and then it, then it went back to Foster's. Then it was the Ansett Cup. And then it was the Wizard Cup. So I think all those sponsor names live long in the memory of being associated with night footy. What are the signature moments? What are the instantly recalled moments from the night series, 0433981116, sprinklers on, that sort of thing. What have you got on your list? Yes, yeah, so 1979, the sprinklers came on in a match between Hawthorne and Claremont, which um, just, you know, is is a pretty bizarre thing to, to happen. Um, we I think we've, we may have mentioned this before, but the 1980 night series grand final, uh, North Melbourne and Collingwood and... The siren goes, the umpires don't hear it. And literally sort of about 30 seconds afterwards, they hear it. And in the meantime, Malcolm Blight's kicked the ball to Kerry Good, who's lining up for a shot, kicks the goal. Collingwood lose a grand final after the siren, literally my, after the siren. My dad was there last night with his Collingwood mate, Norm Durston, and dad thought it was hilarious that Collingwood <laughs> could lose a grand final in such a moment. In that way. Yeah. There was like in 1983, the grand final was postponed on the afternoon of the game because the weather was no good. So heavy rain, heavy and a heavy track um, is that they, they decided to postpone it. There's just other little bits and pieces. Um, in the 1990 series, uh, the Brisbane Bears were due to play in a few days, their opening round game. And they, their players went on strike. Um, this was at a time when Christopher Scase had just, had just his business em- enterprise had collapsed. So the ownership of the Brisbane Bears had collapsed and the Bears players went on strike. So they were actually kicked out of the comp for the, for the season. Uh, and the team that lost by the, 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 the um, smallest losing margin actually got a second go. So I think that was West Coast got a second go. <laughs> Um, so there's, there's lots of, and Robert Clompos to this, doesn't it? So this is probably the iconic moment because what happened, uh, in that time was that a color television, which was a big deal back in the late seventies and early eighties was given for the best player on ground. And, um, Carlton player, Robert Clomp was given the television and forever after it was a, a source of amusement, I think to his teammates and to all footy lovers that, in the commentary box, Lou Richards had maybe not really had, had, had as close an eye on who was best <laughs> on ground as what he should have had. And sort of quickly and, and rushed, he, he said, oh, yep, give it to Robert Klopp. Six kicks and six handballs was the official stats. He, which is probably Sorry, not man. a best on ground performance. <laughs> There's no evidence of him shutting down a superstar as well uh, as part of that. But he... He claims the Carlton stats actually gave him nine kicks and nine handballs, which still is not probably best on ground material, but that is a, a memory that's forever associated with the night series. 
Brett's got his personal memories. I met my wife at the 1999 North versus Geelong Ansett Cup game at Waverley. We were standing under the big scoreboard having a beer. I loved that ground. <laughs> That's great, Brett. Waverley was, was the home, the spiritual home of the night series. The significance of what this used to be is best encapsulated by Dermot Brereton, isn't it? Yeah. Who, for, for so long on this station, has been introduced as five-time day, five-time five night. night. Yeah. that that So – and, and I was thinking about this is that in a generation to come, and maybe even in generations now, people there will be young people scratching their heads going, what is this five night stuff? What, what does it mean? But it was a thing. And, and, and Dermy said it multiple times on this station, I, I, I would have thought, that Hawthorne, even though they dominated the regular season and the, the real stuff, they took the night series very, very seriously because – there was money involved, and at the time, Hawthorne and so many other clubs were, you know, basically broke most of the time unless something something good happened. And winning a night series was, you know, the the, the money of winning a night series, which at the time was the only live broadcast of footy. So that's why it was quite valuable. Uh, that that meant that they took it very seriously. It wasn't like it, you know. Like we later saw with how how um, preseason series were, were treated by by coaches and players. Where's Craig Bradley fit into all of this? This is this is one of my great footy stories that I'd love to know more about. So Craig Bradley, if you're out there, I want to talk to you. <laughs> so Craig Bradley, and because it was played in in the preseason in February and March, Craig Bradley was also a very good cricketer. Um, played state state cricket for South Australia. Also played under 19s cricket for Australia. Um, when he came to play for Carlton, he was still playing district cricket for Melbourne Cricket Club on a Saturday afternoon all the way through to March. So basically, if they made the finals, he would, you know, stop playing and then he'd play for Carlton next week. This year in 1990, he was having a particularly good season cricket-wise, which will play out in a second. But he would continue to play district cricket. He actually leaves the, the cricket ground at 650 so he leaves the field at 6.50. Game, yeah. The game had gone long um, wherever he was playing. I think it was against Dandenong. Gets in a car, drives to Waverley, luckily not too far, drives to Waverley to play a 7.40 <laughs> game of football. So he's fielded all day in the heat, gets in the car, drives to the ground, I think starts on the bench because he's literally probably didn't turn up to, on, on the ground at the time the game started, is one of Carlton's best players. The next day... He's got another cricket final actually at the MCG this time. So he plays, so he's, he's, he had a big weekend the next week. Carlton make it through to the next round of the, the yeah. Foster's cup. Craig calls in and says, uh, I can't play this weekend. I've been picked for Victoria in the Sheffield shield. He actually <laughs> got picked for Victoria yeah. in the Sheffield shield. What an amazing kind of couple of weeks of yeah. football and cricket and sport, uh, for, for him. And that, but that was, again, that was part of, you know, at a semi-professional time that um, players could could combine sports and that was what happened in the pre-season. Sometimes people would be wanting to play cricket. Uh, there's a lot of memories of the night comp, as it were, not the least of which is Timmy Watson jumps over the Carlton players in the 81 night grand final, the night Essendon came alive. That's probably the iconic night grand final moment. I yeah. think if you had to pick one individual um, highlight, I think... Tim has gone through it in 
detail on there. <laughs> he, he and Gary's podcast in recent times yes. as well, if you want to hear more about that. Shannon Gill, a bit of know your history around where we've been with night comps, pre-season comps, as we're watching a bit of match simulation at the moment, the Swans leading the Giants by 22 points. Here's uh, Nathan Gardner in the newsroom. In the match sim, Sydney have kicked right away from the Giants in the third quarter. So what's that? 43-point leaders. And Geelong have just hit the front against Carlton at Icon Park. Uh, the Cats have strung three together after the Blues kicked the first two. So Sam Edmonds close there. So memories of the night comp and then the preseason comp. 1993 is very strong here, Shannon Gill. This yeah. Two minutes. So Mick in Sydney. 1993 Foster's Cup Grand Final, Essendon versus Richmond was a lockout. So many Richmond fans out of the woodwork. My dad and I drove from Mildura to attend, had to park three Ks away and walk in. Missed half the first quarter. Fans were pulling down fences to get in. I was 13 at the time and as a tortured Tigers fan, I thought it was the greatest thing ever which is followed by a 1993 night final at VFL Park, Richmond's first grand final of any kind in over a decade. And Essendon were up and coming, 75,000 plus attended. And it took over two hours to get out of the car park after the game. A classic VFL Park trait. In that, it's, but it showed a whole club could be reawakened by the night series. This is, this is a club, yes, they hadn't played in the you know, finals for a long time, but they'd almost gone out of business a few years before they were rattling tins and this was the first sort of stirrings that this club might be back so yeah 75,000 people turn up to Waverley in in March for a game that really has no consequence other than a, a, a cup with a, with a sponsor attached to it. Rob, we were long-suffering Swan supporters and they just relocated to Sydney. We beat North in the night grand final with Barry Round leading the team on a victory lap. They turned the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some great photos of that. That was their first year that they'd went, went to Sydney and there's some great photos of them uh, with, a, like, with a flag, a proper pennant, huge pennant, uh, at the Sydney Town Hall, basically, you know, saying, hey, we've won this for Sydney. This is our first moment of saying right. this is, we are a Sydney team. The, I, I vividly recall the 1998 grand final, which was North Melbourne and St Kilda. Yep. And that was a huge crowd. Mm. And Wayne Carey did his Wayne yeah. Carey things late. Yeah. Uh, and for Geelong in, in 2006, just as a, a supporter who wondered whether it was ever going to happen, is they won against the Crows. It was during the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. Um, in Melbourne, and the next day they had a they had a family day to present yeah. the trophy, and, and tens of thousands turned up. Well, the 1996 St Kilda win it, and they would win it again, and we might talk about that in a minute. But that was their first silverware since the 1966 premiership they'd won. And looking at that, like the, the whole crowd stormed the field. There's there's there is this sea of people on, at Waverley Park with the players in the middle celebrating as if, well, we might not get a chance to celebrate a real premiership, so this is the next best thing. Yep. Did the demise of the Wizard Cup, as it became, <laughs> owe to St Kilda's premeditated determination <laughs> to look miserable in victory, and that was against Geelong, and they were building that rivalry, which was then followed by Carlton set themselves to win the comp, which they did, and then followed up by winning the wooden spoon. So I don't think it ever recovered. I think there's a triple blow here. Okay. Well, actually, maybe even a quadruple blow. Yep. So 2004, St Kilda win. The the word from Grant Thomas to Lenny Hayes is, uh, we haven't won anything for a long time. Or worse, the effect, we haven't won anything for a long time. Don't look too happy. 
because someone will use, we're, we're playing Geelong again soon and I don't want them to use it against us. Yep. So there's this iconic photo of them looking like they're at a funeral standing on the dice with a, with a one of the biggest looking, cups ever. Stupid looking cup, <laughs> wizard cup. One of the stupidest looking things you, you could ever, ever imagine. Um, which that, that, that image kind of taints the rest of the history of it. The next year, Carlton uh, want to win it. They win it. And up until that point, it had been a really good test case. If you did well in the Foster's Cup, you're probably going to do pretty well in the, in the, the real season. Wooden spoon. And just to top it off, Michael Tuck is giving the Michael Tuck medal and he'd sort of lost interest. He called, he called it the Norm Smith medal. <laughs> he'd give, that's right. That's he'd right. Gave, he, he'd forgotten that it was named after him and he called it the Norm Smith medal yep. and he gives it to Brendan Favola. So they, all those things combine. And then the top 2000, that's 2005, the Swans win the, the real premiership Um and Paul Ruse is sort of known as the guy who didn't care about preseason yes. footy. So yeah. all those things probably conspired that it was it was winding down, and not even Super Goals, if you remember Super oh, Goals, Super Goals were going to bring it back from being a, a lost cause. So experimental rules and experimental Guernsey. <laughs> yes. So Super Goals, nine points if you kicked a goal outside fifty meters. That was. One that came in in 2003 and was in there till the finish. And I think by the end, we just, it just didn't really have any, any, any resonance at all. Alternative Guernseys, the clash Guernseys that we now see all started in what was then called the Ansett Cup in 1995. And there were some good ones. There were some not so good ones, but there's one famous one. Um, Hawthorne supporters will remember. Uh, I think it's known as the Blue Diamond. The Blue Diamond. It's come through a few times. <laughs> it's only used for one game. Right. They only lasted it's one la game. It's lasted. But that has had a legacy well beyond of what can go wrong if you don't do this properly. Oh, but there, there were some good jumpers. I'll, I'll, you know, North, North sort of clashed, original clash jumper that they debuted in the night series. Ended up being a really good jumper that they... They used a fair bit. Yeah. Right. So 1987 Panasonic Cup, I was 11 and Melbourne had never made finals in my life. I watched in bed and when the siren sounded, I crashed into my dad in the hallway coming the other way. <laughs> Is this the Robbie Flower image? Yeah. Yeah. So again, these revivals happened for clubs. Melbourne hadn't played finals for 23 years and they win a night final, like, you know, on a Tuesday night in April and a whole club says, oh, well, we're back. And they end up making the finals that year and they sort of, the whole club rebuilds almost off the back of doing well in this night series. And Robbie Flower, who never got to play in a premiership, wasn't even playing on the night, but is chaired off in a suit holding the cup. Oh, that's so great. So there's there's just all these great images yeah. that, we're, that all seem a little bit weird and silly now. Um, probably the weirdest thing, though, is that there was a preseason to the preseason comp one occasion, the lightning the premiership. Lightning you premiership. The lightning premiership. I do. 1996, before the, before the Ansett Cup preseason comp, there was the lightning premiership for the centenary, which was played over a weekend. Essendon won it, a little mini game, sort of like the forerunner to AFLX almost, oh, which I won't mention. Dirty phrase around here. And then the other one that I, I love this, and I've got to say, at the time, I didn't really know that this was going on because... I was 18 and 
you know, had other things on my mind because it was New Year's Eve, 1999, <laughs> but Y2K, Y2K, embraced for the end of the world. But the 2000 ANSET Cup, I think it was, the, yeah, it was the ANSET just before they weren't ANSET. The 2000 ANSET Cup started in 1999 with the Millennium Match. Remember the Millennium Brendan Match? Favola. 12 goals. Looking back at this, the thing that I had totally forgotten or missed on this, the Boxing Day test finished on the 30th of December. As soon as the match finished, as the crowd and the crowd were on the field, they went on, they went on the, the grounds and went on the field, ripped out the pitch while the crowd was still there, dropped in a bit of grass and the match was played the next day. And there's this green strip which looks like a synthetic cricket pitch on the field. Imagine the OHS issues oh. with it now. <laughs> Shannon, great know your history around the night comp. Now we settle for bloodless match sim. I we, know. We've it's sacrificed a bit. It's not the same. Good on you. Shannon Gill, every Thursday, takes us through the nostalgia of sport.